The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to Psalm number 34, we'll begin our reading with verse number 1 after a word of prayer together. Father, it is in Jesus' name that I come now asking for your grace and touch upon our lives that we might be a blessing to all who listen and tune in today. Use us for your glory and honor. Help us to magnify the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and Amen. Psalm 34, again today, like last week, we're just going to give you some thoughts and trust that these thoughts will provoke you to further study and enrich your heart and encourage you today. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. And so our thoughts today revolve around the matter of rejoicing. Now, I'm giving credit today to Brother Alfred Willis, pastor of Life Baptist Church in St. Stephen, South Carolina. I gathered these thoughts from Brother Willis, and then I'm going to add in some of my own. But he said in Psalm 34, verse 1, that rejoicing starts in your will. The psalm reads, I will bless the Lord. And so David here determines to praise the Lord in verse number 1. Brethren, if we are going to rejoice in the Lord, and we should, Philippians 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There's not a wrong time. There's not a wrong place. There's not a wrong reason. We should always be rejoicing in the Lord. And so we must determine. 
we must, with our wills, choose to rejoice in the Lord. Again, Brother Willis says rejoicing starts in your will. But now verse number two, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Here, Brother Willis says, the rejoicing that starts in your will will flow through your emotions. My soul. Here we are rejoicing out of our emotions. And you don't have to be an emotionally stirred, easily stirred, that is, in your emotions to rejoice. But there is something about it when you come to God with your will and you determine, I am going to bless the Lord. He is good. He has been good. And he will forever be good. God begins to stir in your emotions and something begins to happen deep down on the inside of the heart and a joy begins to spring up. And that which starts in your will now flows through your emotions and you get what we would call here in the Southeast, you get the can't help it. And you just can't stay quiet because you just can't help it. And the hand goes up and the voice is raised and the mouth is open and you begin praising the Lord, shouting hallelujah, hollering amen, and giving the glory to the Lord which is due unto his name. And so the rejoicing starts in your will. It flows through your emotions. But then, Brother Willis said, that it affects others. Verse number three, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. You begin rejoicing and it helps someone else see the Lord is good. He needs to be magnified, and others will normally join in the time of rejoicing. But then he says in verses 4 through 7, and we'll read them now, and then verses 15 and 17, that rejoicing starts in the will, flows through the emotions, affects others, but then it gives you victory. Look to verse number four. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The fear of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Rejoicing gives you victory. If the Lord inhabits the praises of Israel, and we know he does from the scriptures, then certainly he also inhabits the praises of his people, even the church. And so when we begin to cry 
unto the Lord, whether we're hurting, yes, but for sure, when we're rejoicing, does this not get the attention of God? I believe it does. And it gives us victory in our hearts so that we can say with the psalmist in verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed. How happy is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. We are living in a day where men are very cold in their response to the gospel. They're very crude in their lives. They're very calloused, and they are numb many times to eternal things, to that which is truly real and that which is truly significant and important and vital to their soul's eternal destination, and and they have no thought. They give no time. They have no care for the things of God. But beyond those who are gospel-hardened, I believe we have many in our churches that are also hardened to the things of God, and they will not be stirred. They will not be moved. They will not be broken from their cold, callous look and countenance. Their heart no longer is warmed and on fire for the things of God. They choose not to rejoice. But the Lord, in verse 18 of Psalm 34, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. And so the Lord saves those who are broken, He comes to those who are contrite in their hearts. He finds them weeping over their sin, desperate on their way to a devil's hell, and he saves them. He rescues them. He plucks them out of the kingdom of darkness, translates them into the kingdom of God's dear Son, transforms their life, gives them a new heart, makes them a new creature with a new nature and a new culture and a new future, and everything is changed, everything is rearranged, all their horizons are different, they're no longer heading on a downward spiral towards hell, they're in that upward journey towards heaven, and their destiny there is safe and secure due to the blood of Christ and the work of His cross and the blood of His cross. All things are well, and there's rejoicing for a time, but then they For whatever reason, for many different reasons, they cool off or they back off or they don't get into the word day by day. They don't get on their knees day by day and things begin to grow warmer and a little bit cooler. Oh, they're not cold. They're not gospel hardened, but they're not on fire. They're just they're just lukewarm. And they have chosen not to rejoice. They've plugged up that flow in their emotions. And truly, they're no longer affecting anybody. And they have lost the victory. Brethren, these things ought not so to be. Now, I am of the persuasion Charles Spurgeon was right. The emptiest wagon makes the loudest noise. 
I know there are times where we undergo such heavy trials and we carry such heavy burdens that perhaps the valley is so deep that we cannot visibly and audibly rejoice. Things are quiet under the strain of the load. But can we not in those times rejoice in our hearts? For even in the valley, God is good. And then once we're on the mountain, we can look back upon the valley. And brethren, then and there, let us visibly, let us audibly magnify the Lord and exalt His name together. For truly, He is worthy. So that we should bless the Lord at all times. And His praise should continually be in our mouths. I believe we could all stand to praise Him just a little more. Let everything that hath breath praise the name of the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.